Hello, everybody. We are back. We haven't done this for a few weeks, so Garen and I are excited to be back and do another follow-up with you guys. We're here talking about his sermon that he gave at, here at TBC yesterday, Sunday, the 14th of November, and he talked about how there is beauty in the ordinary and how following God is not all about big miracles and big events, but often faithfulness to God is marked by an ordinary life lived well for him. And so, um, Garen, there are a lot of good things in your message, um, but maybe the first thing I want to ask you is why teach this message? Because I've never heard this anywhere before, and you have such a limited number of messages you can give <laughs> this year, so why did this one make the cut? Yeah, first, we just need to tell everybody up front, I'm purposely putting in on my Batman voice today, <laughs> so just so everybody knows, I'm Garen. This is me, like the Dark Knight Garen, talking. Um Actually, this is extremely important to me. Um, yeah, why? again, why? Because I just, as I said yesterday, very briefly in my story, I feel like for so long I was living for the next big thing, and I thought the next big thing would fix me. And I think when you're young, you can think that, but after you've lived a while with Jesus and you're like, the big things don't fix me at all, and then you start valuing the, the slog. I mean, that sounds really horrible, but you start valuing the daily and I think the, older, the longer you're married, it's the same way. You just start valuing that it's the reality of just the the daily stuff in marriage is what yeah, gives it strength and staying power. Yeah, I don't use the word slog with Kate, though. That would not <laughs> yeah, end well for me. Yeah, and, and just so we're clear, Pat, the, the slog yeah. was to connected to Jesus, <laughs> walking with him, not with... <laughs> our, our wives don't listen to this. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're good. All right. That's why I'm putting in the Batman voice today, so she doesn't know... It's me. Hide your identity. Yeah, hide my true identity. There was something else really good that you mentioned, Garen, about miracles right off the bat. You talked about why we see miracles at certain parts of the Bible and why we maybe don't see as much today. Could you just super briefly go over that? Because for anyone who wasn't here yesterday, I really want them to hear that because that's really important. Yeah, I think just even for me for a long time, I... Just I just assumed like Genesis 1 to Malachi 4, it's just miracles every day. God's just constantly doing these. And I'm like, the people of Israel were just growing up around miracles all the time. And then I started getting asked by internationals, especially who, were, who have zero religion. And they're like, what? I mean, if these things are real, then they'd be happening now. And it made me really dig in. I even had some of those questions because I think a lot of people do. And I started digging in. I started realizing that really they occurred, the big ones occurred in just three clumps. And it was always in relation to giving of revelation. And that it really was about God. It's not the only thing he's doing in miracles, but it's a lot, a lot of it, I think, that he's authenticating his message. And I started realizing that probably most Old Testament people, 99%, never saw a miracle. They lived their life in the daily grind just like we do. And they never saw those and they heard of them. And they were probably even saying the same thing. Like, why don't we see these things? I mean, even, I didn't say this yesterday, but do you realize that Jesus for the first 30 years of his life was just a carpenter every day? And he wasn't doing the miracles you read about in the apocryphal stuff, you know, turning dogs into frogs or whatever, I don't weird stuff, you know? He just was living a normal life for the vast majority of his life, that even he, the miracle part of his life was a small percentage of his own life, like... That's a great point. I didn't think about that. And just, yeah, and so, but I think we get the expectation, like, well... Why aren't the big things happening to me? Why is not God doing them anymore? Why am I not seeing them? And then, and it's part of that dependence on big things, and then we get discouraged. And just for me, even just clarifying that those things happen in chunks in the Old Testament, you know, three 70-year chunks around Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, and the apostles, and it was always the big giving of major chunks of revelation. Hmm. 
and then it was had this authenticating thing and but that's not the main way God works. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. You did well yesterday. Another person did well on stage was Evan Morris, just sharing a little bit of his story. Did you want to say anything about Evan and just what you impressed? Yeah, just give him a shout out. Evan, good job. Um, uh, can't wait to get that bumper music for this dude that you're going to do for us. Yeah, Evan promised us some intro music for this a while back. Yeah, a while still back, waiting. I think. So if we don't get it, Garen's just going to beatbox but he, for the next one. I think so. he took the sermon seriously. Like Revelation comes in chunks and then you go 100 years without it. And I think we're in the 100 years without right now. Man, I hate when people apply what you teach, Garen. I know. And that's Man, it's, it's, the worst. it's kind of a pain. But he, the thing I really loved what he said that really struck me is he was in a very blue collar job for a long time. And he talked about the people there were so broken. Talking about Jesus was really easy. And now he's in a more professional job. And the people there don't feel the need for Jesus as much. Their lives aren't as broken. And it's harder for him to have those conversations. That was a really, me hearing that was really profound and helpful, just even seeing somebody that's lived in those two worlds. So. Mm, that was really, really useful. Um, Garen, you talk a little, little bit about your story, that you were someone who used to live for the next big thing um, and, and kind of had this view that if God's not doing something big, then he's not at work in me and I've got to be ready to do the next big thing because that's where God is at. And how many of us do you think are living there currently? I mean, is this a pretty common way for Christians to think or get caught in, or is it something that just maybe a couple of us struggle with? No, I think it is very common. That's part of the reason I did topic. Part of the reason I have talked about it, I think our culture drives us towards the spectacular. I think it's human nature to want the God to do the big, and I think our culture drives us there, and I just think a lot of us struggle with that. I heard a lot of feedback from yesterday, and I think it's because a lot of people do struggle with that and are always looking. It is the silver bullet, right? It's the thing. It's the conference that's going to fix me. So yeah, give us an example, and we can talk about oh, waiting on the next big thing from God, but practically, what would that look like in my life if I was living that way? I think it's, yeah, it's it's the thought that, you know, oh, if I can, oh, the next conference or the next weekend thing, oh, if I could just go hear Priscilla Shire talk, or if I could just go to mm. that event, that thing is going to, they're going to have the truth. They're going to give me the thing that's going to fix me, or the Spirit will hit me in a way He never has before, and I'll be like living, not sinless, but I'll have this victorious life. I, like I said, our, my church was that way. It was just big event to big event. Even I loved Christian camp, and I think there's great value in it. And I think God can do things. My calling to ministry came there, but I just was dependent on that. And then you go home, and two weeks later, you're done. And I'm just like, I, I can't, okay, I'm living for the next camp because just in regular life, it wasn't working well, you know? Like daily quiet time didn't seem to do much. Yeah. So what's that camp? But what I didn't realize is in that daily quiet time that I was actually laying a foundation and I was building brick by brick. And I didn't know when you're young, you don't know that. And when you get older, you're like, oh my gosh, look at what all God's done in my life. And it was mainly in the brick by brick, not in the big event thing. Yeah. I had the pleasure of working on summer staff at a camp when I was younger. And this was such a prevalent mentality. We're waiting for next summer. As soon as camp's over, oh, we're waiting for the next summer. And I even thought like, man, this is how we're supposed to live. We're, I mean, this is this heaven experience. This is what God intended for us. And it wasn't until I became a little bit older and, and smarter and wiser and just realized like, man, we're equipped at those things so we can go out and live well in the mundane. Yeah. And that God doesn't want us to go literally camp to camp to camp and just crave heaven all the time. Yeah. We've got a lot of work to do in the, in the ordinary days here. Yeah. Well, do you remember when we came, you and I, we, when we came back, you helped me with passion that year and we came back. And I always did a follow-up with a camp, any kind of a big experience. And I'd talk about, do you want to grow? It's it's in the daily, putting yourself in the right environments and the right exercises. Mm -hmm. Like if you keep in that stuff, 
God started some things in you here that that's what'll keep it going. And so it isn't to to just trash the camp, the big thing, because sometimes God does challenge me. But I'm I was always following those up like with it's just the daily life now, guys. We're back. Let's just focus on the daily disciplines and all that because that's really what's going to make a difference mm. long term. So what does somebody's life look like if they are living for the next big thing? What are some earmarks of that that you can point out? What are they? feeling and experiencing what what's their kind of spiritual time or quiet time like if i'm someone who struggles with that what like tell me what my life wow that's a good question i think i can tell you one thing it looked like in my life for a while is you get discouraged that you come back from camp two weeks later it's back to normal and you're and then you just kind of you're doing your quiet time you're like this isn't fixing anything and it gets you get discouraged and you don't know you don't really understand how much that's laying a found that brick by brick. You don't know that because you don't feel it. Mm. And so it's easier, I think, to give up on that and be like, oh, just, you know, whatever. The quiet time doesn't work. The camp only works two weeks. And I think it's easy for the disciplines, that putting yourself in environments and doing exercises like gets harder. I mean, we all struggle with that, but I think it's harder when, when you're living for the big thing because you don't see the value in that thing. And so it's easier. Like, I just don't feel like it. And so you don't do it. When, but what you realize is, you and I talked about it with the undulation, that it's actually doing it when you don't feel like it. That's where most of the work of God happens in my life is when I'm consistent, when I don't feel like it. I really feel like that is where I grow the most long Yeah. Yeah, Garen, you just dropped the F word, which is feel. And it <laughs> seems like someone who's living for the next big thing may be more based in like their emotions and their feelings. Yeah. And if I'm feeling this, then it must be good. Yeah. And if it's drudgery and it, I'm not feeling it, and it doesn't excite me, it must not be good. Yep. Do you think that's true? Oh, great. That, yes, very I've, much I've so. absolutely been there before. So I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's what, again, our culture is, we're all feelings-based now. And yeah, you do what you feel. And... Hey, Garen, you saying that made me feel really bad. So could you not say that anymore? <laughs> Should I say? Yeah, sorry, dude. Hey, one more thing. How at TBC are we helping people to live for the ordinary? How are we creating people who are not seeking the next big event, but instead we're going out and we're following God well in the in the mundane, everyday stuff? Yeah, probably more than people know. When you and I did the undulation thing, that's to me the same thing. Um, that was intentional way back then. Early, that was in my first year. I talk with a lot of people individually about this stuff because when people come in, a lot of times where their struggle is, is they're living for the silver bullet and they're discouraged. And so this undergirds a lot of conversation. So I actually try in various ways in sermons to speak to it. You probably, if you didn't know, I was intentionally doing it, but to kind of speak to this, that whole thing we did on the rhythm of Jesus life of just being from Christ to community to cause to mission, you know, just living in that rhythm daily. That was an attempt to just say, just get in this rhythm that Jesus lived. Garen, are you trying to Jedi mind trick us? <laughs> I didn't realize you were trying to hypnotize us up there. Yes, there is. There's a lot of that going on. Man, I wish it really worked. I wish I could, you know, just wave my hand and be like, yeah, I wish. I, I wondered why every time I heard a bell ring, I like stood up and now I get it that you're like hypnotizing me to do these things. Yeah. So there's actually a lot that I say that people maybe don't know that this really undergirds my whole philosophy of what it means to grow spiritually. So I am trying, if, if we went back, I could show you where things in sermons where I've actually talked about the ordinary and that just, I haven't put it all together like yesterday, but it's been something I've been wanting to do. And it's something that I think we'll come back to because I think it is so important to be honest. Yeah. I think it's so important too. In fact, I bumped into a few of my students between services and I said, hey, you're, you're going to be in here for this, right? And they said, yeah. And I, it was just so important to me that they were because this is so key. And it's something that 
I mean, obviously we all need, but especially the younger generation who is so feelings-based, who is so looking for the next big thing and wants to be enamored by a big work of God, which are, which are cool things. Like we all desire that, but our faith can't hang on it. Yeah. And they need to know that there's something more than that. Um, and I think, Jordan, what I would tell people, especially young people, because I think some of the young people and college students, the people I have this conversation with the most is, is you really figure this out, the reality of this out, reality deeply in your lived life when you're older and you've seen like thousands of bricks laid in your life of time in the Word of God, even when you feel like it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I've seen God transform me so much. I still have a long ways to go. When you're younger, I don't. You, it's harder to see that. And so that's why... I, to me, I just want to encourage, especially young people, just hang in there, be in there, put yourself in the right environments, put yourself in the right exercise, spiritual exercises, whether you feel like it or not. And the payoff, you're going to see it when you turn like 40 or 50. That's where you're really going to see the payoff for it. So just hang in there. Don't be afraid to do the conference thing. I still go to stuff, but don't, don't be dependent upon that and focus on that other, the ordinary and it'll, you'll see the payoff when you're older. So. Hang in there. Yep. That's why I love Eugene Peterson talks about a long obedience in the same direction. To me, that's what this is all about. What is that again? A long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. Hmm. And so that's where I feel like, yeah, this has been very significant in my own spiritual life. And I'm just, that's half of what of my preaching is, is stuff I've messed up or I didn't understand. <laughs> Trust me, I so much of it is just like, this is where I've been and I'm still there. And I need to be reminded myself right? Yeah. So that's a, uh, yesterday was just a reminder of myself, if nothing else. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Garen, so much. We are just at about 14 minutes. So we hope that this was helpful to you. Um, Garen sent us to live our ordinary lives yesterday. And so hopefully that's where you're at this week, living your ordinary life in a way that honors him and uh, just building that foundation brick by brick. Right, Garen? Yep. Okay. Thanks guys. We'll see you. All right.